Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Senior Care Live is the nation's premier radio program, providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. This is a safe place to get accurate and reliable information you can absolutely count on. And each and every week, we discuss important issues such as how to remain independent in your own home, how to find the right senior care community, how to pay for the high cost of senior care, and legal issues involving elder law and estate planning. We also discuss senior-related health issues and how to care for the caregiver. As always, if you have a question, you can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. You can also visit online. It's a great website. Be sure to check it out at Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, Senior Care Live. And I'll tell you what, we have a really great program uh, for you here today in the first couple of segments. My guests today are Dr. Gary Doolittle and Dr. Elizabeth Wolf-Birchfield. Dr. Doolittle is a medical oncologist with the University of Kansas Cancer Center and the medical director of the Midwest Cancer Alliance. And as you may remember from last month, that's the outreach network of the KU Cancer Center. And then Dr. Wolf Birchfield is a medical oncologist and palliative care physician at the University of Kansas Cancer Center. And I'll tell you what, we're just we're going to have a great discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about an innovative hospice project and how exciting hospice research uh, is just is is being done uh, through the Kansas University Medical Center. So, uh, first of all, let's start off today, Doctor Doolittle. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the can uh, the Midwest Cancer Alliance and the work that uh, that you do with the Midwest Cancer Alliance. Great, Steve. Thanks for having us this morning. You bet. The Midwest Cancer Alliance, as you said, is the outreach arm of the KU Cancer Center. KU uh, Cancer Center is the only NCI-designated center in our region. Um, As directed by Dr. Roy Jensen, we set up an outreach network now 10 years ago, labeled it the Midwest Cancer Alliance. It's composed of hospital systems, providers, and it can be a nurse provider, physician provider, Our goals include providing access to clinical trials. We also have multiple education events for physicians and other providers within the network. We have screening events as well. We we have events where we educate the public at large. So it's our outreach program, basically. Excellent. Uh, that's that's wonderful. And uh, Dr. Wolf Birchfield, tell us about hospice and palliative care and, and your work in that field. 
I'd be happy to. Thank you again for having us join sure, you. Absolutely. So the way that I think about palliative care is that it's a form of medical care for people who have a serious illness and could use some extra support. So a lot of what we end up doing in palliative care includes managing symptoms, providing support, and helping with communication and medical Mm decision-making. Hospice is a special form of palliative care for people who have a limited life expectancy. And while a lot of palliative care takes place in hospitals and in clinics, Hospice is a really holistic form of medical care that not only focuses on the philosophy of promoting comfort and dignity for people who we think have a limited life expectancy, but also providing care at home and all any and all resources that are needed to try and help people live their best life at home. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So we're off to a great, a great start of our program today. And let's, uh, let's jump in, uh, Dr. Doolittle, uh, with you and, uh, and let's just answer the basic question. What is the telehospice project and how did that get started at, uh, uh KU Medical Center? Uh, again, good question, Steve. This is a telemedicine program, but it is geared to care for patients in their home that are hospice candidates or hospice patients. Mm -hmm. We use iPad technology and we basically conduct video calls to the home and that the person that conducts the call can be either a nurse or a hospice medical director, maybe a social worker connecting with a patient in the home or the patient's caregiver um, can also be a recipient of some of the services as well. Okay. And so, uh, you know, when you think about a hospice visit, you, you think traditionally, and this is non-traditional, it's really cool, by the way, <laughs> and, and and it has just such outreach potential. So I, I'm loving this topic. Uh, but you think of the traditional visit of a, a of hospice staff visiting someone in person. Uh, so so let's, uh, let's review what does a telehospice visit look like? Right. Um, so many of us are familiar with iPhones and FaceTime and being able to connect with family members across the country or, frankly, uh, throughout the world anymore. Well, this is using that same kind of technology. We have iPads that are deployed to the homes of patients. And then we literally make a phone call. It okay. ends up being a video call yep. with a patient and or caregiver and between that, those individuals and the provider. It could be a nurse. It could be the hospice medical director. It could be a social worker. See, and that is so cool. So you're you're FaceTiming patients in their home. That's it. That probably a long distance uh, situation. That's it. Yep. Okay. That's really cool, by the way. <laughs> so I, I just love that. Uh, and, and so uh, you've partnered with a hospital organization. Uh, how did you select that hospice organization uh, to part, uh, excuse me, to partner with for these projects? Right. Uh, honestly, we had our first telehospice project now 20 years ago. Oh, um, wow. So we, there's a, a longstanding history of using the technology or harnessing it for the care of these patients. Uh, we had a relationship with this hospice. It's Hospice Services Incorporated. They're located in the northwestern part of the state. Their okay. executive director is Sandy Coleman, a very dynamic group of people, dynamic executive director. One of the things that they're most concerned about is the immediacy of care. Sometimes you get an urgent phone call from a patient, and this allows them to immediately connect uh, using FaceTime or using iPad technology Mm -hmm. to address those issues. Uh, They cover a large area in the northwestern part of the state, over 15 counties. Mm. Uh, So this uh, we're using the technology to have an immediate call, an immediate visit, and hopefully uh, cut down on on windshield time trying to get to the patient. A- absolutely, and, and I would are most of the counties and maybe all of them more of a rural type of a setting. 
exactly. All of these counties are either considered rural or frontier. Oh, and oh, frontier wow. county in the state is <laughs> six persons per square mile. Or oh less. my! So we're we're talking Montana, Wyoming that's frontier what, now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're talking Kansas frontier. <laughs> we're, we're from Kansas. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. All right, all right. Excellent, excellent. So, what are some of the benefits of telehospice visits for the patients and their families? Well, I'd be happy to answer that. Sure. I think there are a number of benefits, and one of them is really just timing. Because hospice, one thing that's so powerful about participating in hospice as a patient or caregiver is that hospice is very holistic and provides 24-hour access to the medical team. And there's really, honestly, no other way, unless someone is hospitalized, there's no other way to accomplish that. But what it means is that if someone has a symptom that's escalating or they have really important questions in order to that need to be answered in order to make sure that the patient who's enrolled in hospice is feeling well and has controlled symptoms, sometimes that patient needs to be assessed. And if the hospice physician or the hospice nurse is located several hours away, then in order to do a really holistic assessment, it's very difficult to do that just over the phone. And so what is added by having the telemedicine portion is just that it adds another layer to the ability to communicate. And I've also heard that sometimes these telehospice visits have been used to connect distant family members in order to just enrich the lives of patients who are getting their medical care through hospice. Wow. And and I'll tell you what, I I work with a lot of families in a different capacity, finding the right senior care community. But a lot of times, uh, one of the siblings living, or maybe several siblings living out of town or out of state, they feel disconnected with what the really important work that we're doing. And so that's, that's a, I hadn't even thought of that. It's a great way to include all of the family, even if they live in Wyoming or Montana or wherever they live, they can, uh, they can join in on this and feel like they're a part of it. Absolutely. That's excellent. That's excellent. And then uh, what are some of the benefits of telehospice visits uh, on the opposite side of that for the provider in the healthcare system? Right. Good question. Um, I think from an administrator's position, there's an advantage if you think of just sheer cost. It enables you to connect with a patient. You have that video connection and something that's very different from a phone call without the mileage and the windshield time it takes to send a provider to the home. We really want to stress this is not a service to uh, eliminate traditional hospice care. This is a service that can serve as an adjunct, that, something that we add to uh, what we know is excellent traditional hospice care, but, but an additional service. Maybe you can make several phone calls in a week in a way you can't send a nurse out several times in a week. So from a cost perspective, yeah. it, it sure makes a lot of sense. That is cost and time. That, that is absolutely fantastic. And if you would like more information about the Midwest Cancer Alliance and the, uh, this incredible telehospice uh, pro, uh, pro, uh, project and, and the program that we have here, uh, Dr. Doolittle, what's the best way to reach the Midwest Cancer Alliance? Right. You can access either by the website, www.midwestcanceralliance.org. Or you can call our offices, 913-588-3739. And we're happy to try to assist and make connections for anyone. Okay. And Dr. Wolf Birchfield, um, is there, do we want to provide a, a, a KU Med Center or the, or the Cancer uh, Center information if someone wants to reach out there? Yeah. So if someone is needing to reach the KU Cancer Center, then the Cancer Center number is 913-588-7750. 
All right. We'll be back with more information right after the break. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. The most common type of cancer in men is prostate cancer. Is that statement true or false? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device. Super simple to do. Go to SeniorCareLive.com. Just click on the, the big microphone right there on the homepage or the Listen Live button. Give it a few seconds to connect and boom, you are in. It'll stream straight to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. And it really is that simple. Lots of people do that literally all over the world. I, I actually, I track that. It's pretty, pretty neat. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. It's actually a statement. The most common type of cancer in men is prostate cancer. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... True. So that is the most common type of cancer. But what is the the most common killer, I guess, if, in the cancer category? It is lung cancer. Lung cancer. Okay. All right. And uh, we won't even get into all this, but the whole vaping epidemic, I, that's not our topic today. Complete, but that's kind of blowing me away. I'm I'm fearful of all of these uh, acute lung issues, and then what if that causes cancer? We don't we don't know. I mean, what if that manifests itself later? Anyway, I'm off script. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's uh, very concerning to me. Uh, so anyway, uh, today my guests in studio, Doctor Gary Doolittle and Doctor Elizabeth. Wolf Birchfield, and we're just having a great conversation about the telehospice program. And and let me, I guess my next question is, have you seen any unique applications of the telehospice project? Yeah, I think there are several that we, we would want to share. First off, uh, sometimes a nurse will make a home visit and they'll be in the home and there'll be a question or some concern about a symptom or a problem. She can actually conduct a video call with the hospice medical director or another provider uh, right there from the home in the presence of the patient. And we've used that um, quite frequently, actually, and it makes it makes a lot of sense financially because the doc isn't making a, a trip to the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another one that's really important is including family members in hospice visits. Mm-hmm. So if the hospice nurse is physically in the home with the patient, she can dial up and talk to a son or a family member, daughter from anywhere around the country, frankly. So that communication between the hospice team and an extended family member can be facilitated using the technology. And, um, and that that's a big deal. As I mentioned off mic, uh, I lived in Nashville when my dad and mom lived in Lawrence and my dad was on hospice services. And you feel so disconnected and you feel so completely useless and, and just – and, and you, you're not able to help. It's a, it's a terrible feeling. I love the fact that you can connect mm-hmm. long distance. Yeah. 
agree. We agree. It's a great way to harness the technology to bring families together. Yeah, very powerful. Yep, absolutely. So um, are there other telehospice programs outside of the state of Kansas? Yeah, there are other telehospice programs. I don't know of anything that is quite as comprehensive as the telehospice program that's run by Hospice Services Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tremendous national interest. We've presented at meetings nationally and tremendous interest in this. You know, as you know, the healthcare dollar is ever shrinking and oh, yeah. <laughs> trying to introduce new services or using the technology to try to expand uh, services is a, uh, of great interest to many in the hospice world. All right. So, and that, that's just really, really exciting. So uh, are there plans to expand the telehospice project to other hospice organizations throughout our, our own state? We certainly, you know, hope that that will be possible in the future. We have great interest in doing that. Right. I mean, again, from the Midwest Cancer Alliance perspective, we, we serve uh, our catchment area. We serve the state of Kansas. Yeah. We're, the tent is big. We're happy to bring other hospice organizations on board if they're interested. Okay. All right. That is uh, absolutely uh, fantastic. And then what kind of research have you done with the, uh, with the telehospice project? On the research side of things. Sure. Well, Dr. Doolittle can speak some to some research that has already been done, but we are very interested in trying to look at what really are the differences between an in-person visit and a telehospice visit. And again, the intent is not in any way to replace personal in-person visits with the medical team, but really to just find ways to augment their ability to have something closer to that than a phone call. So we're going to be undertaking a a qualitative study in order to basically determine, you know, what does this technology seem to be used for kind of organically what has developed with it? And then look at whether there could be any ways that we could expand its use based on some of the ways that telemedicine is used in other fields and so that's something we're really excited to be moving forward with. We also have a, another project that we've just recently concluded having to do with the cost of the service itself. Mm-hmm. And part of what we were looking at is just what are the day-to-day expenses and costs for traditional hospice care, sending a nurse, social worker, or a chaplain out to the home to see, see patients and caregivers. And then how do those costs compare with a telehospice visit. And clearly, as uh, Dr. Wolf Birchfield has said, they're different services, right? But what we're looking at is what is the cost for traditional care? And then what does it cost to conduct a video uh, visit? And frankly, it's much less. And we anticipated that, but it's no more than $10 per call to connect electronically. When you send a provider out, as you can imagine, it's much more expensive than that. Oh yeah. Bottom line, (laughs) bottom line, we know the technology and the expense of the technology is not something that's going to prohibit its use. Its use. It is, you know, the video visits are clear. The audio portion is quite distinct, and the cost is reasonable. Now, is there some sort of security? Because we're ta- we're getting into the area of HIPAA compliance, and it's uh, you're talking about you know, diagnoses and all of the medical information. I assume there's some it, built in with that technology is is some probably some tremendous security. There is, and it really has to do with the software that we use for the video connection. All our calls are conducted by Zoom, yeah. uh, and with that, we assure that there's this confidentiality is maintained. Okay. And as far as some of the, the findings that the research has demonstrated, I mean, I, I would think the, I mean, just the, the huge one is, is the cost savings. I mean, that's just a modern way of uh, a, a, 
high value asset, the physician being able to see so many more people uh, and be very effective in that interaction. I, I just think it's fantastic. Absolutely. So as we approach uh, the end of today's segment, what advice do you have for listeners who may be interested in learning more about telehospice? Again, we would encourage them to contact the Midwest Cancer Alliance, and you can do that either online at www.midwestcanceralliance.org, or if you call, it's uh, 913-588-3739. And again, we're happy to make connections uh, between uh, providers and those that are interested in using the technology. Okay. Agree. And we're certainly hopeful that once we're able to conduct the study, looking at the uh, what is happening during these different types of visits and looking at ways to expand the use of this technology, we are hopeful that that will be published and that that will be available to listeners who are interested in reading about that when it's published. And I, I can't wait to have that the, the study published and all of the great outcomes. And I can't wait till you take that model and you're able to roll that out throughout the rest of the state and, and frankly, throughout the, the rest of the country. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Gary Doolittle and Dr. Elizabeth Wolf Birchfield, and I just I just can't thank you enough for being here today, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing uh, with the uh, uh, KU Cancer Center and the Midwest Cancer Alliance. Thanks, thank Steve. You for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right, I'll be back with more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free. 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, so you can call now. You can call anytime, 24 hours a day. That's 1-800-331-6445. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to share the information or the program with friends or family, or maybe just want to go back and hear it again, no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all of the previously aired episodes. And uh, just click on the one that you want to hear. Again, give it a few seconds to connect and it'll stream straight to your electronic device. And lots and lots of people uh, listen to the podcast after the fact. And they even may even subscribe to that podcast so that it just uh, gets deposited in their inbox every single week. So feel free to help yourself there. All right, just want to thank my special guests today, Dr. Gary Doolittle and Dr. Elizabeth Wolf Birchfield. And, uh, you know, what a great program. You know, I had heard about, I, I've worked in the, the medical field and, you know, senior related healthcare for over 30 years. And a long time ago, I had heard about, you know, telemedicine and what is that? Well, this is uh, just getting, just the technology makes this more and more comprehensive and more effective and more cost uh, efficient, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, to, to use iPads and secure technology for someone living in a rural part of the state, 
uh, to be able to be face to face over you know over an electronic device over an iPad but face to face with a very knowledgeable specialist and physician or it could be another uh, level of provider nurses social workers etc but but to be able to to be face to face with them and talk about your issues and and uh, and and maybe you know have a have a diagnosis right there maybe order new interventions maybe change medications whatever it is that is just invaluable let me say i was visiting uh, with both of the doctors off off mic and i spent a couple of years living in hayes kansas uh, go hayes america <laughs> i'm actually going back there in a couple of weeks for my class reunion. I won't say which one it is because that'll age me terribly, (laughs) but uh, going back to visit. But when we lived there, Hayes was really kind of a hub for Western Kansas. And we would have, you know, we had two hospitals uh, at that time and we had people driving in, you know, three, four, maybe even five hours coming into Hayes for medical, to see medical specialists and, and for their medical needs. And so, you know, you employ this telehospice technology and telemedicine uh, programs through this wonderful updated technology through an iPad, man, that is powerful and that is just incredibly cost efficient. So I just love that. And uh, doctors, thank you so much for uh, for being on the program earlier. I just really appreciate all that you're doing and, and thanks for being here today. And then I want to say thanks to everyone who supported our friends at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, their major annual fundraiser of the year, that Sunday Night Live uh, primetime. It was last Sunday evening. It was downtown in the, in the Power and Light, the KC Live block. Uh, it was absolutely awesome. It was from five to eight, and it was just so well attended. We had a lot of new folks attending that uh, event. So again, thank if you donated or participated in any way in that, uh, thank you so much. Let me just give you a preliminary number. The last number that I saw, they raised $425,000 and they were still counting. <laughs> so, uh, and that is the their big, big time uh, fundraiser of the year. And so, uh, wow, how about that? And then that allows Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care to deliver uh, care to patients and families, even if they're not able to pay, maybe they don't have the insurance coverage for that. Uh, and so it just helps them with their mission of taking care of their patients and their families. So uh, again, thank you so much for all who attended and helped out and contributed. And I hope that some of you won one of the raffle, uh, one of the raffle prizes. I hope I won one of them. So <laughs> I, I, we'll see, we'll see here. Uh, I, I had to put some money down on the Mahomes mania and, uh, and had to put some, definitely put some money down on that uh, Puerto Vallarta uh, getaway package. So there you go. And thanks again, everyone. All right. So I want to shift gears here for the rest of this segment and uh, just kind of continue a theme that I've talked about the last uh, the last couple of weeks, when to consider moving or transitioning from your home to a senior care community. And then before, and then la- that was two weeks ago, then last week I talked about what you must determine before even thinking about beginning your search. And I talked about you have to know what level of care, type of care, payment methods, 
location, and personal preferences and needs. You have to identify that and understand that very, very clearly uh, before you ever even think about opening a book, looking at a list, or heading out on the road and looking at some places. So today I want to continue that thought really to the next step. And I want to talk about the major or the primary levels of care that are uh, available and I'll share some average costs with you as well. Don't wreck the car. If you're in your car, when I share some of these costs, try not to wreck the car. Let's keep it Let's keep it between the lines here, okay? So uh, if you sell your home and you want to downsize a little bit, just kind of relax and just kind of shed the home ownership responsibilities, not have to worry about scooping snow, mowing grass, uh, you know, taking leaves out of the gutter and all that stuff. Maybe you want to sell your home and downsize and move to an independent living apartment. It could also be a freestanding villa or home or duplex or fourplex. Uh, The majority of the capacity in our area would be independent living apartments. But uh, what it is, it's it's your own space. It's generally uh, smaller and maybe quite a bit smaller than your home, but that's kind of the idea is you're downsizing and, and you can relax, do your thing, uh, and, and you're you're on your own. You're fully independent, but you're not alone. You're around a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, people who are retiring and doing the same thing. Uh, they make the independent living community would provide generally provide at least one meal per day. Uh, many of them provide two meals per day, and sometimes maybe all three. And uh, in in your and again, you're, there, there are opportunities for, for socialization, for activities. There's transportation to and from, uh, you know, general shopping trips, grocery shopping trips, uh, maybe to the dinner theater or the Royals game, et cetera, uh, maybe even to a Chiefs game if you can get a ticket. <laughs> but uh, uh, so so that that's independent living, and it's a, it's a great opportunity. And we're looking, our average cost here, and it would really largely depend on how, you know, how nice or upscale the place is, or maybe how, uh, how just kind of basic the place is. So the aesthetics would matter. And then of course, the size of the apartment would matter. So we're looking at somewhere $2,600, $2,800, upwards of maybe $4,500 a month. Uh, I know that's a, that's a big spread there, but a lot of variables there. Uh, and then that's the entry. That's the entry point. And I'm going to come back to the middle points in just a second. Let's go to then the furthest point. The most restrictive level of care is referred to, a lot of people still say nursing homes. Uh, the industry would prefer you to say long-term care. The Heck, John, the, the, the industry would prefer me to say long-term care. So I, I still haven't totally uh, turned that corner. I still say nursing home quite a bit, but I, I also interchange them. But, uh, but the bottom line is the most restrictive level of care, the highest level of care is that medical model uh, at that nursing home or long-term care level. And at that level... They, they help you with all of your activities of daily living. So all of those daily tasks that we all take uh, kind of for granted could be because we can do them. Maybe you need help with those things, plus full medical care, full two-person transfers, full incontinence management and care, diabetic management, insulin injections, wound care. Uh, most of them can provide IV therapy. They can also help you if you, uh, if you have a feeding tube or a peg tube. Um, if you might have a pick line uh, for IV antibiotics, you might have a central line for IV antibiotics. So they can help you with, with some pretty, pretty significant medical care and medical issues along with your daily care. So that would be a nursing home or also referred to as a long-term care community. A semi-private room 
That means that you're sharing the room with another roommate, a semi-private room in our area right now. You're looking at 5,500, maybe 6,000, don't wreck your car, 5,500, maybe $6,000 up to about $7,500 is just right down the middle. And that's for a semi-private room with a roommate. Now, definitely hang on to the wheel on this one. If you want a private room in long-term care, okay, it's going to cost any, and it's a pretty big spread, anywhere from around $8,000 per month upwards to almost $14,000 per month. Uh, that's uh man that's that's a lot of money uh, so you're paying it's mostly about uh, the medical care and the support that you receive at that long-term care level and it's not very much uh, about the space so if uh, if the if the long-term care community is doing it right then what what they're going to do is they're going to have your space really be more of a bedroom type of a situation where where this is a place where you would go to take a nap or, or obviously sleep overnight. And then throughout the rest of the day, again, if they're doing a good job, they're keeping you motivated and involved and having a quality of life and, and living uh, out in some of the spaces throughout the entire community. And obviously you're going to go to the dining room three times a day, uh, but also you're going to have you know socialization opportunities and they, and they just, you're going to do things that are of interest to you and, and your hobbies and that sort of thing. And, and, and just have a, have a quality of life. Try to maximize your quality of life. Life, and then your room is really a place for you to sleep and not not really hang out. So that's kind of the concept there. Uh, so after the break, I'm going to get into the middle ground of assisted living. You don't want to miss that. It gets really complicated. And I'm going to get into that right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And uh, I, I just have to share just a real quick story I was sharing with John off the off the mic. Uh, we have triplet boys, and one of our sons works at the Hy-Vee Market Grill, and uh, they called him in because they expected this giant uh, uh, crowd to the Chiefs Kingdom show uh, last Monday night, and oh yeah, it was huge. Guess who was there? Chiefs tight end, and he is awesome, Travis Kelsey. The place, he said, was nuts, and he said, Dad, I went over in the area, and Travis is walking by, he goes, hey, what's going on, little buddy? He said, and he fist bumped me. He said, Dad, I got to fist bump Travis Kelsey, and I'm like, awesome, and I said, you may not want to wash that hand for a while, and he was laughing, and he was so excited, uh, and then he said later on, when they were kind of shutting it down and everything, and uh, my son Ethan was over getting some water, and Travis was over there, and he goes, 
Hey, buddy, how how you think it went? Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, he said, Dad, we had a bro hug. And I'm like, what is a bro hug? Because I'm too old to know these things. And that's where you kind of you kind of uh, uh, grab hands and you kind of come in and kind of kind of like shoulder bump each other, kind of a semi hug. Uh, and and he goes, Travis Kelsey bro hugged me. And I'm like, that's awesome. So anyway, I just I just thought it was so cute, and he was so excited. I just thought I, I wanted to share that with you. He was pretty pumped up. All right, so back back to the topic at hand. I, I don't know. I, I just I just thought that was that was awesome. I would have been excited too. Oh, and he, he said he said, Dad, that guy is huge. He's just giant. I'm like, yeah, he looks big on TV. I bet he was huge. So he's he's a big guy, good guy, and uh, and a, a great uh, player on our on our team. So. All right, but that has nothing to do with the levels of care uh, offered by all the different senior care communities. That middle ground is uh, a big trouble spot for us here, generally referred to as assisted living, and it's it's widely misunderstood. So again, assisted living is the level of care, and here's what they can do for you. They uh, They can help you minimally or fully with your activities of daily living, your bathing, your dressing, your grooming, helping you to and from and using the restroom or the toileting uh, uh, assistance. They can help you with incontinence management to a point, but only to a point. And uh, of course, they do distribute your medicine, give you your medications. There's uh, a full slate of socialization opportunities, again, for that quality of life and, and good, you know, having great experiences every day. They make all of your meals, snacks, and hydration for you. So there's no more no more cooking. They do that for you. Uh, and there's transportation to and from the doctor's uh, uh offices and visits, uh, although a lot of times the physicians will come to you, even specialists, but a lot of times you still need to go out to see them and their shopping trips and, and outings and that sort of thing. But the the challenge with assisted living, unlike that nursing home long-term care level of care, that's the medical model, uh, that the long-term care level is a standard, is, is very, very standardized. I mean, meaning to say that they all offer about the same thing. Now, some deliver better than others, clearly, but, but, the, but it's a very standardized model. Assisted living is not standardized at all. It's a little bit of the Wild West. So they can choose how much help they want to provide or how much support they're going to provide in their community. So some assisted living communities lean way over towards the lighter side of care and in independent living where they're, they're almost a glorified independent living apartment. Uh, some of them won't even help you take a bath. I mean, uh, it's, it, you know, there, there's not much help in there, and that's what they're going for. Uh, their, their community is, you know, vibrant, and, and we're super active, and, and, and our residents, uh, you know, are loving life, and, and they're, they're very independent, and that's, you can do that if you want to. Uh, some assisted living communities lean completely over the opposite way and start to kind of uh, point towards a long-term care level of care and will bend over backwards to keep you from having to move to that next higher level of care. Even serving some of my clients thickened liquids who are recovering from a stroke and, uh, and, and even providing a two-person transfer. Some of them will even provide that diabetic management and insulin injections and the two-person transfer. So uh, really heavy care uh, relative to what's traditionally been provided in assisted living. And oh, by the way, everything in between. 
So assisted living is tough because you go out and see three of them and all three of them might offer a very different look and a very different uh, level of care. Uh, So the cost in assisted living in our area has really been on the increase. We have a lot of brand new, uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, kind of higher end uh, as far as the aesthetics and the finish uh, assisted living communities being built. And so what that's doing, and they're they're coming in at a much higher rate per month, and that's driving the whole market up, even though we're over capacity. There's There's way more capacity, meaning apartments available than there is demand right now because of all the building. So Econ 101 says that should drive the price down, but nope, we we have the opposite effect here, at least in the Kansas City market. And you're looking at an average cost of $5,000 to $7,000 per month. And that would largely, the variables would be the size of your apartment, number one, and number two, uh, how much care you require. And so that one's that was that big kind of that center piece of assisted living, and then there there are some other levels, uh, residential care facility, uh, and and that is uh, just a little bit really on the generally speaking. There are some exceptions. Generally speaking, it's uh, it's to the left of assisted living. It's a, a little bit of like assisted living light, and it's also a little less expensive as well. You know, twenty five hundred to three hundred three thousand, maybe on the lower end, maybe up to forty five hundred, maybe five thousand dollars. So it's a little less expensive. Uh, the residents there are more independent, and they do need less less assistance or less care. Uh, and then on the higher side to the right. Of that uh, of that assisted living, if you could see my graphic, it would make perfect sense. <laughs> John, we need some, we need some television cameras going on in here. We we got to get this thing on video. Uh, but to the higher side of assisted living, still kind of similar care, but on the higher end of it, Home Plus, and that's another level of care. And again, I I say the levels of care are are tied to your licensure and that dictates how much or how little care you can provide. And so Home Plus is uh, a a house, generally a ranch style house that's been modified uh, to, uh, to, to, provide care for six or eight residents, maybe on the high end, maybe about 12 residents. And most of them in our area specialize in memory care at that home plus level. That cost is going to be 6,500, maybe 7,000 up to about 8,100, maybe $8,200. So when uh, uh, and and then there's another one, intermediate care facilities. There are not too many of them. It's basically a nursing home or long-term care community without the Medicare certified skilled nursing and rehab. So it's missing that part of it. But otherwise, they provide all the full medical care. And so you've got all of these different levels of care and and all of these different offerings. And then some of them have variables within their level, like assisted living. So if you need help trying to sort through all of this, figure out what level of care you need, what type of care you need, how you're going to pay for it, location, personal preferences and needs, you can always reach out to my firm, Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800, 913-945-2800. And we can absolutely make this whole process very simple for you. Uh, if, uh, if you need help, definitely reach out and give us a call. You can also go online, SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. 
I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 